A reading from Genesis chapter 2, verses 4b through 25. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flows out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divides and becomes four branches. The name of the first is Fission. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Delium and oxenstone are there. The name of the second river is Gion. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Cush, and the name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Assyria, and the fourth river is Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Then the Lord God said, It's not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to see the man and to see what the man would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Word of God, word of life. Beloved of God, grace and peace to you from God our Creator. 
Every time I read this creation story from the second chapter of Genesis, I'm reminded that this is an origin story. An origin story is used to describe how creation began. Genesis, the title of the book, literally means beginning. Origin stories reflect the values of the people who told or wrote it, as well as an understanding of who they are and to whom they belong. This origin story, the second book of Genesis, tells us about humanity and animals and creation, and most importantly, the essence of God, the creator. We have a tendency to think of creator God in big terms. After all, this universe is a pretty big place, and I don't know about you, but on my best days, it's a little hard for me to wrap my head around. But earlier this summer, I had the distinct pleasure of watching my two-year-old child and two friends playing in the dirt. First, it started out easy, drawing in the dirt with sticks, scooping it up and letting the dust fall between the fingers. But soon, oh so soon, there was the idea to get some water. Now it was a no-holds-bar kind of moment. These kids were making mud pies, they were piling up the mud in little creations, they were scooping and forming and molding, and no sooner had I left to get my phone to take a picture, had I come back and mud was smeared all over their entire bodies. <laughs> Laughter and giggles were abounding from all. Beloved of God, we have a creative God. We have a playful God. We have an artistic God. A God who got down in the dirt and made us and all of creation from it. Ha-adam is the Hebrew word used for the created human being in this text. It means earthling or earth creature. Interestingly enough, in Hebrew, this earth creature isn't actually gendered. It's delightfully androgynous, meaning it's ambiguous, unable to be pinned down as this or that. It is simply stated, a human being. We really shouldn't be surprised that God, the artist, God, the creator, would invite us into that which we can't quite define. It's almost as if God knew that we would someday struggle against a culture that loves its definitions and boxes and stereotypes, and a culture that rises in discomfort with anything that stretches us outside of those. It's almost as if God knew we would need the assurance that labels, cultural norms, and stereotypes do not actually define us. God knew we would need to be reminded that we are lovingly and wholly made from mud and dirt and water and bones and flesh. 
beautiful flesh of all colors and shapes and sizes. We are embodied, and our bodies are beautiful, however they are made, regardless of whatever box or clothes or cultural norms we try to fit them into. You have a belovedly created body, and it is good. You are beautiful. And it's true that these bodies want to connect with other bodies. This origin story helps us make sense of that. We are quite literally made from each other. Regardless of what body parts you're born with or how you feel about yourself in your body, what types of bodies you love, we are made from one another, from flesh. And it's our nature to return to that flesh, to hold each other in sickness and in health, to reach out for the hand of someone who is struggling, to set our head on the shoulder of someone who can support us, or to offer a high five of congratulations, or to hug someone as we sigh relief at their presence. Our bodies long to return to this one flesh, and we long to receive the one who came to us enfleshed, incarnate. We want to return to each other. We want to return to God. And we want to return to this earth, because that's how we're made. From dust we were made, and to dust we shall return. The time will come when we will return to our source. Of course, we return to our source in little ways each day, but we will also return to our source when our enfleshed beings are done in this place. We know this because we know the source, that which gives us life, receives that life back. In my recent work in chaplaincy, I had the privilege of being in the room when some people made what I call the great transition. You might hear people talk about this as a whistling sound or a rush of wind. I can't fully describe it, and I don't know that anyone can. Maybe you've been in that moment with someone in the great transition yourself. But what I do know is it's a holy and sacred moment. And next to the moment when my child was born, it was the thinnest space between here and God that I've ever encountered. Because that moment right there is where the Spirit meets us. It's the place where our breath goes out for the last, just as where it came in with the breath of the Spirit for our first. Origin stories tell us about our beginnings. 
They tell us who we are and to whom we belong. You, Ha-Adam, beloved, human of God, beautifully created however you are, you belong to this earth. You belong to the sun and the stars, the moon and the water, the dirt and the mud. You belong. This is the hope of God, that we return to the places of creation that remind us of that belonging, that we would find a reflection of our very own Ha-Adam in the views from Granddad's Bluff, the slow flow of the Mississippi, or the wings of a soaring eagle, because those moments help us to connect to our Creator, grounding us in the love of God, God who made you perfect, just as you are. God made you to be in relationship with yourself, with others, with creation, and most importantly, with God. God shows up again and again at moments of creation with an open invitation for you. What can we make together? I see this reflected in the eyes of a child dripping with mud, tugging at my pant leg and asking, do you want to play? Yes, a resounding yes, sweet child. I do want to play. May we be a people who receive our belovedness as created beings in a way that we are inspired to join in the creation, a reflection of God's love for you now and forever. Thanks be to God. Amen.